Well, welcome to the latest podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. And you know the old adage, be careful what you ask for, you just might get it. Uh, so for the last several months, I have been asking Bree and others at ASA to solicit questions from the members. Otherwise, you end up listening to whatever is on my mind. And there are days when it sounds like, and it probably is, like I'm just making something up off the top of my head. So I've been getting these questions lately. And the one that I just got is utterly fascinating, but it would require, I don't know, a 14-hour podcast. What major industries will we see huge growth or decline in the next five years based on globalization, consumer trends, and the outlook on current world events? How will that affect the overall U.S. and global economy? This is fodder for a seminar series that could last for decades. Um, so I'm going to try to synthesize this into a five to eight minute podcast. <laughs> Wish me luck. First off, it's really hard to figure out what's going to happen in five years because we can't even figure out what's going to happen next week. Uh, so forecasting is always a little bit risky to begin with, but there are definitely trends that we can see developing now that are only going to accelerate going into the next few years. So taking one of the first of these comments, globalization, what's going to change with globalization? It isn't going away. It's not like the entire world is going to suddenly stop trading with one another, but the trust in supply chains that extend over oceans and over vast distances has eroded. The supply chain crisis that really reached a point in the 2020-2021 period it had been developing for a while. I mean, the just-in-time system was predicated on having multiple suppliers. And over time, that supplier supply began to diminish. You had companies that were more efficient. They gobbled up more and more market share, etc. So it's not that we're not going to see globalization. It's just that it's going to be a lot less pervasive. And that means more reshoring back to the United States. It means companies who sell to the U.S. and are foreign-owned are going to be locating here. You're already starting to see Chinese companies locating in the United States because we're their customer. And it's just as hard for them to get material from China to the U.S. as it is for an American company doing business in China to get its material here. So watch for reshoring. Watch for a lot of emphasis in sectors like automotive and aerospace and general machinery. Consumer trends. The consumer has never shown a whole lot of real commitment to any sort of concept like made in America. I mean, we respond to price. We talk about how important it is to buy locally and how much we want to support the U.S., blah, blah, blah. But when it comes right down to it, we troop into a Walmart and look for the cheapest price we can get on tube socks. We don't care where they came from. So the consumer is still going to be price-driven. The consumer is still going to worry a whole lot less about where something comes from and who makes it than how much it costs. That's not going to change. And as a result, you'll still have a lot of companies looking to produce where production costs are low or wage and labor costs are low. 
you can see it even with the reshoring because we've seen as much near shoring as we have reshoring. Companies coming closer to the U.S., Mexico, to a certain extent, Central America. But again, the motivation is staying close to low production costs. Current world events. Oh my, that's a big one. Um, we are currently, of course, still contending with the Ukraine war and the sanctions that came along with it. And we're learning how intricate this kind of problem can be. Just one kind of goofy example, not that it really matters that much to ASA members, but it's illustrative and it reflects the fact that I'm in Kansas. So right now, millers in Kansas are buying wheat from Poland rather than from Kansas because the drought in Kansas has made wheat from my state more expensive. Meanwhile, the European Union has been lowering tariff barriers on Ukrainian wheat, trying to help Ukraine deal with the war, which means that Ukrainian wheat is underpricing Polish wheat. And the Polish wheat farmers are like, well, we can't sell against Ukraine now because it's too cheap. It is easier for us to sell our production into the United States. So due to sanctions, Kansas wheat buyers are buying Polish wheat. So complex for anyone? We're seeing a lot of that kind of distortion because of geopolitics. The next thing that we're worried about, of course, is China and Taiwan. I could go on for days about this, but that probably would not be appropriate for a podcast. So what happens as far as the U.S. and global economy? What's the takeaway? What's what we refer to at Armada as the bottom line up front? Frankly, the U.S. economy is going to benefit long-term from much of this. I mean, reshoring brings a lot of business back to the U.S. It brings back jobs. It brings back investment. The global economy right now is in worse shape than our economy. You've seen a decline in sort of the development of, of European GDPs. Uh, the GDPs in Asia are suffering a little, um, India being the exception. India is growing like crazy. I think the takeaway as far as the global economy is concerned is that we're going to see growth in areas that have not seen as much of it in the past. China has been very dominant when it's come to growth. That dominance is now eroding. India is picking up speed because of that, but you're also seeing kind of a commensurate growth in some of the Asian countries that compete with China, Vietnam and Malaysia, and Ind Indonesia is one that's beginning to grow pretty quickly. Latin America can't seem to get out of its own way, um, so it's not, you're not seeing the development in places like Brazil, Argentina, or Colombia that you should. I mean, the not-so-nice comment about Brazil for the last four decades is that it's the country of the future and always will be. So we're seeing patterns changing as global supply chain patterns change. So that is an incredibly short version of a response to this question. And one of the things I am going to do because of this question Next time you hear a webinar from me, it's going to be focused on this. Um, this is obviously of great interest to members, and I'm really going to try to see if I can go out a few years without making a total fool of myself. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll talk next time.